finally got there. It is the final kickoff of the Premier League season. Welcome back to the Play On podcast with your gracious host, myself, Cal Sirius, your ally when it comes to this fan-led football talk, alongside the man like... Ash, what's happening? Energy's all the way up today. Ooh, Ash is really fired up, ready to go. And there's a lot to cover. Co-host. There's a lot to cover. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the hype. Oh, you might as well tell us why are you in such a good mood. I know it's because um, your heart's beating a bit faster. It's a little bit pumped up. It's crazy. Like just what a day of football. Um, like in reality, the fantasy world as well. I kicked ball. Had a good day there. Just yeah, man. Like the sun's out. Yeah, what a season. Like what a what Where do we like, start? Like, Come on, season. pick one. We gotta start somewhere. Where do we start? Do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna do the the football today? Because um that's obviously gonna get you a bit more invigorated, you know. That, oh that, no, that was light. That, no, that was bit. that was light. Like obviously I wasn't even at fit today, so I had a little like a little a little tournament kickabout that we'd been doing with like like with the lads. You know, I did my thing as I as I have been doing. I scored an absolute worldie though. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. I can't even really describe it and do it justice, but anyone who was there today, yeah, man. Like, to this guy, I wasn't even fit. No, I wasn't, no, bro, I've been ill. Seriously, I, listen, I don't know if anyone's been feeling really run down or really rough recently, but between like, my stomach, I had like, my sinuses have been kicking off, like my throat's been dry, I've been dehydrated. I've genuinely felt like crap for the last, say, 48 hours, but managed to still kick ball, so... So yes, yeah, so my like my spirit's up for that. What at the end of the season? I don't want to say too much. Let's 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 talk through stuff and 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 we'll do it. But yeah, that energy is all the way up today. Okay, okay. Didn't you say you scored eleven goals earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like. Uh, it's not bad. Not bad for a kickabout in the park, mm. is it? Mm, you know the vibes. <laughs> um. So definitely, Ash has had a good day. Mm. Uh, in real life football, but. You also had a good day in fantasy football as we come to the end of the fantasy Premier League season. I'm going to go and dig out my team. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about my team first because jump you know, jump I, know, I know your team is going to go hard. So I might as well just get this out of the way first. So we've come to the end of the season, right? Let's take a look at the BRB League. I am coming ninth place, which to be honest with you, I'm quite happy with because I had a slow start and then I had to claw my way back up. And I was like in the top 30, top 20 for a while. And I aimed to get to the top 10. I said, I want a top 10 finish. That would be a credible finish for me after the bad start I've had. So I'm quite happy with that. 36 teams in our league. I've had to sack a couple of teams along the way. So we've gone down a bit, but 36 teams we finished the season with. Um, I'm in ninth place on 2,219 points and it's a huge gap between me and eighth. Yeah, and that's before the scores have been calculated today. So I've just checked and yeah, you're good. You're definitely going to finish now. Uh, two of our guests uh, yeah. on the playing podcast are in fifth and in fourth, Jason Henry and Dan Nurse. Um, or our listeners might know Jason Henry as Mr. Flex. Yeah. Like Jay. Um, and then you've got a previous champion, Rashid, in third. Mm. And Guess who's second? Yeah, man, like this, your Horsford himself. Uh, but unfortunately, Ash couldn't quite take the title. No, Marcus went crazy. Just, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he's looking like a bad man right now. He, um, he's been top for so long as well. Like, there's not, there's like over nine million people in the game, 
and as the as it plays out right now, he's in the top five, five like five thousand five hundred, which is absolutely obscene. How about that? So, I'll take some credit in the fact that I've got exactly the same amount of points as as this guy. Actually, I've got more points now that the uh, bonus points were kicked in. Uh, he's got 71 points, our lead leader, and I finished this week with 77 points, but only because I played my triple captain chip. Yeah. Saved yeah. that right till the end to see if that mm. can help me in, if I was struggling. And um, yeah, managed to get 36 points out of captain and son. But Ash, your story is going to be much more impressive than mine. It's crazy, right? So th- th- I've been in your league for about three years now. Um, ben, who like has hosted and been on the show before, always beat me, and he won the league, and it was just crazy, right? I was like, okay, cool. Ben one of these years, eleventh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. One of these years, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do well in this league, right? And I run a league as well. I run the Alternative Prem, which has been a crazy competition this season. And then there's a third league that I'm in where you pay fifty pound to win, fifty pound in, and then the winner gets sixty five percent of the share. Nice. So I've managed to, yes, I've managed to win that league. Go on. Win my league Go and on. finish second in this league. So yeah, with my highest ever points tally, I've never ever scored this many points. Yeah, and whoa. my May was absolutely crazy. So I dropped my World Cup, my, my World Cup game week thirty six to set it up for the double game week um for, for game week thirty seven. That was the week that Kevin De Bruyne scored four goals as my captain. Absolutely crazy. And then I had like Richarlison, Madison. Matip has scored two goals and got an assist in the last three games. Like after like not scoring, I think he scored at like, once for the season. Davison Sanchez came in and is giving me like eighteen points off the bench. Like I've absolutely spazzed. So yeah, I think I'm going to finish in the top ten of every single league. I think I'm going to win. Hold on, let me just let me count how many leagues I'm going to win this year. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm going to win ten of my leagues. Eleven, eleven of my leagues. Sorry. Absolutely. Um, Bonkers. I, I must say, in game 37, you put together a ridiculous score of 136 points. <clears throat> yeah. Just... You know, it's crazy as well. So, again, like you said, there's 9 million people in the game, right? So, my score was so good that for that one game week, I was, I, I was 961st in the entire game. So, out of over 9, 9.1 million people, I got the 961st highest score across that one game week. It's the best game week I've ever had in my life. And that's what it took for me to win certain leagues because before I was like second, third, struggling. It took like an absolute madness to topple like my boy Dan in the alternative prem. Shout out to Daryl in elites. Um, we were proper vying for that for that cash prize. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But like, no, nah, fantasy was a really good year for me, and hopefully, I'll be back at it again, and go, yeah, and just go, go hard one more year. Come on, that is that is really something that is there. Congratulations and uh, a it. an emoji salute to you, sir. Safe. But onto reality. Uh, yeah, man. A lot has happened in reality as well as fantasy, and uh, I'm going to start with the Europa League, which kicked off earlier this week. On the Wednesday, little midweek cup final. Quite an interesting game to watch mm. because Frankfurt have been really good in the Europa League this season. Obviously, that's why they ended up in the final. And with Rangers, they were a bit of a wild card. And I was quite excited because they had Gio Van Bronckhorst coming, ex-Arsenal players, a guy I always really liked. And um, I was hoping he might be able to nick a, a victory and win the cup. But unfortunately, they couldn't quite do it. 
and um, Frankfurt end up winning that trophy. No surprises there, Rush? You know, when they went one and up, I thought Rangers could do it. I think Frankfurt have been the best team in the tournament. I think they went through the entire season unbeaten. Um, they knocked out Barcelona, knocked out West Ham, now being Rangers. Like they've 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 really done like supremely well. And even like through the the group stages, they they beat some big teams as well. So I definitely think the right team won it. But it is really heartbreaking to consider like how it all played out, and even just how like they lost. And Aaron Ramsey was a person who who missed the the, the crucial penalty to um to knock to knock Rangers out. So. Yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame, but um, a great, a great achievement for Rangers to make it to make it so close. Most definitely. So from the Europa League, let's move on to the Premier League. All of the games happened on Sunday, the day that we are recording. Literally, we literally about an hour or so after the games have finished. Um, so yeah, full of energy after this crazy day. A few different possibilities that could have happened. Different candidates for relegation, different candidates for Champions League qualification, different candidates for winning the title. It's probably been one of the most exciting ends to a Premier League season in recent years. I don't think we've seen a title race go this far mm. for a very long time. I really can't remember the last time. It's gone all the way down to the last day. Um, but uh, let's start with the first game. Arsenal 5, Everton 1. So as we know, Arsenal had a chance qualifying for the Champions League but they pretty much bottled it to get to this point and to for the shoe to be on the other foot because Arsenal were in control of their own destiny all they had to do is win all of their games and they would have been in the Champions League but they didn't so that gave Spurs the chance to win their games and Spurs didn't bottle it but uh, we'll, we'll come to that Arsenal 5 Everton 1 your thoughts on this game sir? I don't even care. <laughs> I'm being true. Like it's just it's just so typical. Like, yeah, of course you're gonna beat Everton when it, when there's nothing on it. Like it's just it was a disgrace, man. The two the, the, the two defeats against Tottenham and, and Newcastle were absolute disgraces. Um I blame the manager, I blame the players. Like everyone takes full accountability for it because um just the the way the way it happened was just so inevitable. And I called it. I said I said from a number of weeks ago, whoever won that game at, at um, White Hart Lane would, would go to the top four. And as soon as we lost there, all momentum went with us and went from us. And I just, it was, it was gutless. It was gutless. It was spineless. It was, it was typical Arsenal for the last few years. There's not much more I can say about that, except for, you know, at least well done for winning the last game, but too little, too late. Like, it's, point, it's, it's pointless, bro. Like, oh, so now you beat a team 5-1 when there's no pressure on it. Like, Tottenham were never, ever, ever going to lose to, to Norwich. Never in a million years were they going to lose to Norwich. And look what they did. They slapped them up 5-0. So, yeah, man, pointless. Pointless, man, but... Some people will say that, oh, it's been a great season and Arsenal getting to the Europa League is a great season. Not for me. Like, we had an amazing opportunity to get into the top four. We had no no European football. We had all of these kinds of things. And it's fundamentally down to our manager and the players for not doing it. So there, there's no celebration from me regarding this season. None whatsoever. 
Well, I don't think a lot of Arsenal fans will be celebrating when they watch the All or Nothing documentary. Um, I thought it was a great idea for Manchester City to do such a thing. Uh, when Spurs did it, you know, I was kind of laughing at them. But then when I heard Arsenal doing it, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> but the only good thing about it is they're going to have Daniel Kaluuya to narrate it. And uh, he's one of my favourite actors. He's an Arsenal fan himself. And so we'll be hearing the voice of a lifelong Arsenal fan narrating the documentary. Although I don't think you're too happy to hear about it, are you, Rash? No, I love Daniel Kaluuya. Like he's he's one of my favorite he's one of my favorite people in the world that I don't know. Does that make sense? Like I, I, I met I met him once at a talk and I was just blown away by like his manner, how he was, how he answered the questions. Like proper proper top guy. But what's the point? All or nothing. We got nothing this season, so it means fuck all. <laughs> well, that's that. No, well, no. What do you think? No, I want to hear it. Like, let's, let's, because obviously everyone knows my stance on Arsenal, right? Now you are way more optimistic in terms of Arsenal, so I'd love to hear, like, not like the full debrief because we'll get into that, but your thoughts on missing out on the top four. I mean, I was ready to move on. To be honest with you, I kind of, I kind of share your same sentiments. All right, cool then. That's calm. That's calm. That's calm then. That's calm. That's all good. We bottled it. What, what, what more can you really say? Yeah. I suppose we could flesh it out and we could have like a, a forensic analysis on exactly how we bottled it. But the result is going to be the same. We bottled it, man. We should be in the territory. Tell you what, let's, let's, let's give it a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let it calm down and then we can do that next week in a season review. It's just too raw right now, isn't it? Yeah, cool. Um, right. Moving on, we've got Brentford 1 and Leeds 2. Come on. Now, this Come was Come on. That was vital for Leeds United to win because this game was either going to take them or keep them in the Premier League or it was going to see them going back down to the Championship. And what happened? They pulled one out. Come they got on. the victory against a team that's actually been playing quite well of late. Yeah. So you got to give them some credit there. But me personally, I'm disappointed because I wanted them to lose. And they won it. You want Leeds to lose? Yeah. Why? I want them to get relegated. I think I mentioned it on the last episode. Oh, so you can take their players? Well, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of their players when they go down. But also, uh, yeah, some stuff happened that made me think, man, forget Leeds. They can get relegated recently. So, um, yeah, just a bit sad that they didn't get relegated. But that's not something you're sad about, is it? I'm elated that Leeds are staying up. Shout out to my dad and my uncle. I actually said to my dad, if Leeds get four points, they'll stay up. And he was like, nah, son, I don't know. I think I think we screwed it. I was like, dad, trust me. Get four points and you'll be okay. Obviously, they went into the game in the in the um, relegation zone on goal difference after um, Burnley beat, Burnley drew with Aston Villa in the week. Ashley Barnes scored a penalty, but really should have been sent off for a, a real vile elbow on um, Tyrone Mings. So going into today's game, obviously Newcastle, who really gave us the work on Monday, actually like flew into a 2-0 lead. As a result, that affected the Leeds game. Leeds went one up with a penalty, got pulled back. It was looking really, really ropey because if Leeds conceded one more goal, they would have got down, they would have went down on the goal difference. I was watching the games and I heard there's been a goal at Brentford Stadium. I was like, if Leeds have bottled this, I cannot believe it. And then Jack Harrison 
scored a goal. Um, and yeah, Leeds are safe. And I'm I'm genuinely, genuinely elated. Because Leeds play a good brand of football. I like what they've done. Like they've got some really good players and it'd be great if they could hold on to them and build them up. I really felt sorry for like Patrick Bamford being injured for the whole season and not really being able to build on what was a great season last year. But yeah, I just really hope that Leeds I really hope that Leeds are able to kick on another year in the Premier League. And I know that my dad and my uncle are happy, so that's always a good thing. Shout out to Leeds for sliding to the base just in the nick of time. They are safe. On to the next match. We've got Brighton 3, West Ham 1. Bit of a nothing fixture on the last day. Um, yeah, I've literally got nothing interesting to remark about this one. What have you got to say about this one? Nothing. Are you, like, you're proper building the tension for, for this title race. <laughs> are we going to do that last last? Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to leave those two as the last we'll, game. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah, um, nothing fixture. West Ham could have obviously toppled Man United. They didn't. Um, but yeah, Brighton with their first top flight finish in all their years in the Premier League. Um, they really started to score some goals towards the end of the season as well. And I think if they can maintain that, then they're going to be a really good team um, next year. They beat, they slapped United, they beat us, they beat Tottenham. Um, they've given a lot of good teams a good go recently. So yeah, man, Potter's doing some great work there. Potter paper. Hey, I like that one. Ninth in the league as well. Yeah, that's mm. that's a really good point. Um, so shout out to uh, Brighton. On to Burnley versus Newcastle. Now this was a high stakes game mm. because if Burnley didn't bottle this, their goal difference was better than Leeds's goal difference. Mm. So they would have stayed up, but unfortunately they couldn't do the business. They sacked their manager. They tried to, you know to galvanise the squad by bringing in a new coach and it just didn't work out yeah oh well <laughs> well uh, yeah another coach that's had a good season is Eddie Howe at Newcastle yes. uh, his team finishes 11th in the league they've been a bit up and down but I'm, I'm a huge fan of Callum Wilson so it was nice to see Wilson scoring two goals in this game and showing that maybe next season mm. With the money bags that you would expect Newcastle to have in the transfer window, maybe, just maybe, Callum Wilson might be able to nail down a place and become their main striker. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be really interesting to see that where they go and buy. So they bought some good players to get them over the line. Like someone like Dan Byrne, I was never the biggest like fan of his, but he's done really well. They obviously they brought in Trippier, who's a good sign in. Would I was not too sure about Wood because they got Wilson, but again, it's part of the squad. And yeah, it'll be really interesting to see that how they then go again. Someone said to me, it'll be great if they could get like someone like Calvin Phillips and Rafinha if Leeds was to go down. And I said they were really good signings that would make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, with, with with what they've got so far, their recent finish, Newcastle are definitely going to be a team to look out for next year, man. Mm. Um. Well, another team that we won't be looking out for in the Premier League next year is Watford. Hmm. Uh, they have been confirmed relegated a good couple of weeks ago now. And uh, again, this is another nothing game. 2-1 Chelsea. Um, it's been a terrible end to the season for Chelsea, really. And um, I actually expected them to do a bit better in this game than they did. So, the turmoil. Um, things are still all up in the air with the, the potential ownership change. Um, so it could be an interesting summer. Um, mm. They had, they did have a transfer embargo last time I looked into that situation. So uh, 
you know, they've got players leaving, players like Rudiger. Um, I think maybe Christensen's leaving as well. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think there was a story about Christensen, wasn't there? Yeah, um, his refusal to play in certain games. Which is, which is crazy to hear that. So, I mean, what does that come down to? Does that come down to, like, maybe the manager asking too much of the player? Or is that literally just Christensen throwing his toys out of the pram or something? I don't know, man. I think, I think obviously, something that needs to be a thing. We haven't heard from him. We've heard, we've heard a lot from Tuchel about it, saying there's been a few times where we've needed him and he hasn't, he hasn't played. Now, whether he feels like he's got a niggle and he's not 100% right, um, whether he feels like he's protected himself as an asset, doesn't want to get too injured to kind of affect where he goes next year. Like, I really like Christensen as, as a centre-back. I, I think he's good. I think after some like misgivings in the Premier League, he's actually like, established himself as a really good centre-back. I thought whenever it was kind of um, him, Silva and Rudiger, I thought that was very, very... Um, very, very poignant and potent as like a backline. So it'd be really interesting to see where he goes next. Um, Rudiger's going to move on. Like Christensen's going to move on. Like we said, Chelsea are in a real pickle in terms of who they can buy, who they can't buy until this until this deal goes through. There's a lot. There's a lot going on at that club at the moment, and mm. it'd be really interesting to see like, how it all plays out. Interesting article you sent here from uh, the BBC that uh, says Christensen is expected to leave in the summer and he's already agreed a deal with Barcelona. I didn't know he had a deal with Barcelona. Barca, so yeah. potentially it could be, could be him down in tools a little bit, knowing that he's yeah. on his way out. And uh, and uh, Tuchel's remaining tight-lipped. They've got a little quote from Tuchel here uh, when asked about Christensen and yeah. if he would be playing on the final day of the season. Um, and Tuchel says, you know, he had his reasons. They stay private and confidential. So, okay. Controversial circumstances. <clears throat> that one may be. But let's move on. So we've got Crystal Palace 1 and Manchester United 0. Again, another nothing fixture at this point. Um, Manchester United could have ended up in playing in the Europa Conference League. <laughs> that would have been, <laughs> that would have been beautiful, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh. That would have been hilarious. That would have been the gift that, that keeps on giving, man. Oh man. There would have been those memes going around with that, that crappy tinny recorder. <laughs> that terrible sounding Champions League music. Um but unfortunately, uh they've escaped that kind of a fate. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo will not be going down to the lowest level of European competition next season. Um and uh it's a cheeky win for Vieira's man. Mm. Um, uh, recently having a bit of controversy surrounding himself as well crazy that was that was absolutely breezy I mean this is something where you don't really know like you don't really know how to react because if you were in that situation you would feel threatened wouldn't you Mm. Um, so what we're talking about is at the end of uh, Palace versus Everton Everton managed to secure their status in the Premier League and there was a pitch invasion before the game had even finished. It was like as soon as uh, Everton's goal went in, the fans went running onto the pitch um, and there was still about five minutes left to go. But then after the game, they invaded the pitch again and loads of fans were kind of like swarming around 
Patrick Vieira and he kind of lashed out at one of them. It looks bad on the camera, but yeah, it looks horrible. I'm understanding of it. I, 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 you don't want to see anyone resorting to violence, but I think it was more frustration. Didn't look like he was going to cause any serious harm. It like more just like frustration. Get away from me, kind of, kind of lashing out like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, not the best circumstances for a football manager to find himself in there. Moving on, we've got Leicester for Southampton 1. Now, this one is a bit frustrating for me from an FPL point of view because I wanted Madison in my team and I thought <laughs> Vardy, Vardy seems to be in the form. He might score again in this game. You know, Southampton's mm. defence has been leaky um, and their record has been absolutely shocking. Four defeats on the bounce. Um, and again, they have absolutely nothing to play for. Leicester have nothing to play for, <clears> but just the form that they've been in compared to the form that Southampton's been in from an FPL point of view, it would have made sense to have some of their players in your team. And you definitely got medicine in, didn't you? Yeah, I've had him in for the... I bought him in a couple of weeks ago and he did me well. And now I've brought him back in for the last two weeks. And he got me... He got me a goal and then a goal and two assists against Watford, a goal against Chelsea, and now a goal and an assist against Southampton. Can't ask for more. This is a Yosi Perez guy, back from the dead with two weird goals you. in the last game. Yeah, he's a weird you still doesn't score often, but yeah, he's a weird you. Good player, but yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's a bit he's a bit sometimes ish, isn't he? A bit stringy. Proper, proper, proper sometimes ish, like. You look at him like, right, I kind of felt that man should be, like, balling out a lot more than he has been. But for some reason, he just hasn't really done it. So, yeah. Someone else who has been absolutely balling out is Mo Salah, the golden boot winner, who confirmed himself with that title. But he has to share it. And uh, he played in Liverpool's game against Wolves, where Liverpool won by three goals to one. Salah wins the Golden Boot, the joint Golden Boot winner with Huang Min Sun. What's your thoughts on that, Ash? Yeah, I mean, didn't start the game, came on. His end of the season hasn't been the best. Um, Son's been an inspired, inspired form recently, like, kind of can't stop scoring. Um, I think he scored, I think no one scored more goals than Son this, this season, this second half of the season, or in 2022. Um so yeah, now both both got twenty three goals. This is the second time Mo Salah's shared the golden boot. I think he also shared it with Sadio Mane and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang the year that Liverpool won the Premier League. So yeah, it's um it's good stuff. But ultimately, those goals didn't count for for well they obviously they counted for a lot, but they didn't do what Liverpool needed them to do which was shoot them to the title because the small matter of Manchester City versus Aston Villa happened Cal over to you can you talk us through what was an absolute roller coaster of emotions well I think that draw against Spurs is kind of what tripped Liverpool up because it's the only mm. blemish from their record in recent matches where City have kind of just steamrolled through Oh. And um, I don't think anybody really expected City to lose on the final day of the season. However, 
<laughs> you did know that the manager of City's opposition, Steven Gerrard. Steve Gerrard. Absolute Gerard. Liverpool legend. We know that he would have done everything he possibly could to make his team try to beat Manchester City so that Liverpool could win the league. And unfortunately, they they didn't they didn't manage to get the job done over there. Mm. Uh, even though Liverpool got their job done. So, yeah. you know, this has been such an exciting time. You know, obviously you and me, we had our predictions as well. And uh, you was hoping Liverpool was going to be able to cross the line. I was hoping City were going to be able to cross the line. And City did it. So I'm, I'm not disappointed that, you know, obviously I've correctly predicted the Premier League winner, as I always do. Probably should have put some money on it. What? Hold on. You picked Chelsea at the start of the season. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? You started the switch up. So, uh, you know what I mean? I said, all okay, right, if you're switching okay, up your prediction, okay. I'm switching up mine too. So, yeah. So, it, but fair play to Liverpool. They've rotated the squad a few times. And I thought, ooh, there's some of the results that they might, they might not actually cross the line. I think it was um, Southampton where they, 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 they made nine changes. And the team looked like, ooh, this, this might be a struggle for them to win. But when they did, they had firepower on the bench. They won it 2-1. And they brushed Wolves 3-1 with goals from Mane, Salah and Robertson. Robertson has had an absolutely fantastic season. I've got to give him a shout out. But, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was an expected result. I expected Liverpool to win this game. But, unfortunately, they just... It just wasn't enough. It's like um, it's like Jadik has said in his versus battle. It's good, but it's not enough. <laughs> we outside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that battle, man. That was sick. Absolutely sick. Any any thoughts from you on Liverpool? Commiserations. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. If Liverpool doing the quadruple would have probably made me never, ever, ever go into WhatsApp ever again. Um, just the amount of people that would have just been like on my neck talking about them being the greatest side ever, which I definitely think you'd have to call them that, like to win four trophies in one season. Never been none. They could still do a cup treble um, for them to win both domestic cups against Chelsea on, on, on penny shootouts and then to beat Real Madrid next week would be exceptional. Um, and I, I make Liverpool the favourites and I think they are going to, I think they are going to beat um I think they are going to beat Real Madrid. So, Man City were the only thing that stopped them from from achieving like history. Um, but credit to Manchester City. Like, like imagine this: you've got to win, you've got to win to win the league. You're two nil down, and then Pep goes, "You know what? I'm going to bring on Ilkay Gundogan." Damn. Like it's it's weird. It wasn't like another striker. It wasn't that. It was someone who's just seen as that kind of like a tempo setting midfielder, and he came up big for them. But so it's like I'm happy. Like if the perfect the perfect scenario for me today would have been City win the league, Leeds stay up, and Arsenal got top four. That was Arsenal was never going to get top four, so they completely like just threw everything up. But I'm happy with two out of three so far. So. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff. 
good stuff and um, great energy. And what a way to end the season, say, right? Did you what say the perfect day for you was City to win the league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I could have chosen, if I could have chosen like all the like with all the big things that were on the line, it would have been for City to win the league over Liverpool, for Leeds to stay up over Burnley, and for obviously for Arsenal, Arsenal to um, topple Spurs. Why? So two, two three isn't bad. Why did you particularly want City to win and not for Liverpool to do the glorious treble and maybe even more? No, because then they would have done something that we haven't done. And like for them to win all four, they're insufferable. I like Man City more than I like Liverpool anyway. It's the truth. <laughs> I like Man City more. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. But um, yeah, City got. There's the gonna be top. a lot of Liverpool fans that are gonna be on to on to me now. But you know what? Tough in it. City got the job done, man. They've 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 just been excellent this season. But it's crazy when you look at. The points, when you look at the points tally, one point difference mm. between them and Liverpool. So mm. it really wasn't that much between the champions and the runners-up at all, except yeah. if you look at the goal difference. But even that, that it's not that big of a difference. It's like plus five. Mm. So both teams almost complete equals going toe-to-toe. Um, City actually proven to maybe not be as well prepared to, to stay the course because they got knocked out of all the other competitions and Liverpool managed to go the distance in all of the competitions. Yeah. Including the league and pushing them right to the wire. So, well, I mean, but it's historical for City because I think it's their sixth title now uh, or their fifth title in... It's 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 their si- it's their sixth title since six titles in the last ten years and the so, fourth title out of five seasons. Yes, so they won it under Mancini in twenty twelve, Pellegrini in twenty fourteen, and now um, Pep has won. Pep has won four out of six seasons in management. Absolutely yeah. incredible. So say what you want. I know he has his doubters and people say, oh, they've got all the money, they've got all the players, anybody could do it. But no, mate. No, it's, yeah, uh, so he won it 2018, 2019, 2021 and 2022. Yeah. yeah. And can, it's they the win, can they win it a third time in a row? I think, what, it's, the, what, I think it's the way that they do it as well. The way that they play football, man. Some of it is just incredible to watch. And can they do it again? I mean, people always say that nobody wins back-to-back titles. <laughs> And they're the one team that proves people wrong about that. And so, can they do it again? I mean, why not? Why not? They've done it without a striker. Damn it. <laughs> so, next season, we you know we know is it is it confirmed yet? Can I talk about this or is it gossip? What is the new, the new potential signing? Who? Holland. Mm. Yeah, he's he's going there. He's going there. Oh, here we go. So there's actually a club statement from Manchester City. I can throw this one in the show notes. So sorry, I didn't uh, have this in the notes before. But there's actually um, a, an article on the Manchester City website that says Manchester City can confirm we have reached an agreement in principle with Borussia Dortmund for the transfer of striker Erling Haaland to the club on the 1st of July 2022. That is absolutely incredible news there. 
Um, for anybody that didn't know, they might be thinking, what? Because this guy is most definitely going to score goals. So if you put Haaland into that Manchester City team, that means they're going to be even better than what they were this season. Mm. Or potentially this is the kind of thing where you introduce a foreign agent and it kind of it kind of messes things up like an extra ingredient, you know, that, that putting a little bit too much into the recipe and now you're going to sport it. Nah, they'll be all right. I think they need, they need, they need someone like this. I think they've done a lot of the whole, yeah, cool. But I think we've seen in some big games, especially in Europe, they haven't had the, the guy to shoot them to glory. And I think Haaland does that for them. I think this is a great signer. Yeah, me too, I mean, man. Me too. See, I mean, it's been nothing but great signings. They've got the player of the season, Kevin De Bruyne, was a great sign. So this is the thing. I don't. I can can that again. We'll get onto it a bit now, but that's a really con- like contentious decision for me. But we'll get onto that next next week in our in 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 our review. Could have been Salah, I suppose. Nah, it should have been a Man City player, but it shouldn't have been Kevin De Bruyne. Ooh, okay, young player of the season, Phil Foden has won this award back to back. Is there any other young player in the Premier League that could have potentially won this instead of him? Mm, there's a couple of cases. Like, um, I think Trent's still done as a young player. I think Saka's still done as a young player. But yeah, let me, um, I'm actually, what, what we'll do is let's actually go through, like, create ours. Like, f- like young player, like player of the season, surprise of the season, all of that kind of stuff. And we'll, and we'll deliver that. Sounds like a plan. Commiserations to Liverpool. Congratulations to City. It's been it's been a great season. Um, they've entertained us week mm. in, week out, and I think they're going to have a well-deserved break. Well, except for Liverpool, who are going to be playing next week. Um, and then we've got the last game, which we probably could have talked about earlier. Uh, Norwich nil, Spurs five. Norwich have been absolutely useless. Couldn't do us a job. Couldn't do us a favour, could they? We didn't do ourselves a favour. <laughs> so why relied on anyone else? Fans were saying we should have we should have uh, struck a deal with Norwich to give them some of our Champions League qualification money if they managed to beat Spurs. <laughs> a little extra incentive. <laughs> Here's 20 million quid if you can beat Spurs on the final day for us. A little extra motivation, goal bonuses for their players. Um, well, it was it to be, uh, as we spoke earlier about Huang Sun getting the joint golden boot, he put a couple past Norwich's defence. Um, and yeah, it's, it's Conte, isn't it? It's like this guy's come in at a time when Spurs were all over the place. At first, the results were looking terrible. You know, he's had a transfer window. He's used it very wisely. Brought in Kulisevsky and Bentakur, two players who have chipped in and made all the difference. Like, mm. literally all the difference. That Kulisevsky has formed a deadly front three with Son and Kane. Like, they work so well together. The guy's got... The guy's ambidextrous. He's got two magic feet. And mm. just like... Son and Kane, all three of them, two magic feet. They're like, Son has scored some brilliant goals on his left foot this season. And so has Kane. And mm-hmm. um, and Kulisevsky, I think he's naturally left-footed. And I've seen him crossing the ball on his right and getting assists and scoring goals. He's, he's absolutely been just a great signing. 
Um, so yeah, you got you got to give it to Spurs, man. As much as we wanted Arsenal to get that fourth place and get into the Champions League, honestly, the way that Arsenal has performed over the course of the season, I don't think they deserved it. And I don't really think Spurs have been like a consistently good team. But that since they've brought in Conte, he's done what he had to do, didn't he? And yeah. fair play to him. Yeah, no, fair play to him, 100%. Don't we need to do And then, yeah, we move. We move. Talking about we move, that is the end of the result. So we can just move into one and two more football stories. Um, Where do we start? Let's start with a young man that they call Billy Sharp. Young Billy charged over on-the-pitch attack. So this is one that I'm not too familiar with myself. Um, we've got a story here from The Guardian, Ash's favourite publication. And one of mine too, I can't hear you. I, I, you know, I, I do like The Guardian. Um, and um, yeah, it, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I haven't actually seen like video footage of this incident. And you just talked about Patrick Vieira being involved in the on-the-pitch incident. As soon as mm-hmm. there's like a, a pitch invasion or something, people are going to be concerned. You know, who knows what intentions one of these fans have. Maybe they've got a weapon on them and maybe they're running onto the pitch to do you some harm. They're not supposed to be on the pitch. So, well, I don't know. What, what, what do you make of this one? Arkham says here that Sharp was knocked to the ground. Yeah, and no, that was crazy. Him. Like, what the person did, I think, listen, you're in the moment, there's some excitement, things have gone well, things have gone well good. But when you start doing stuff like that and you're physically like, assaulting people and hitting them, like, it's disgusting. Like, it's proper disgusting. Like, yeah, be up, be happy, cool, but to goad, like they did with Vieira, to run through someone, it's, it's absolutely wrong. So I think that, um, if I had to say that, like, obviously, I don't think Patrick Vieira should have reacted. I think obviously he'll probably get um, quite a heavy sanction for what he did, and because he lost it. But this is Vieira, man. This is the same Vieira that was kicking off in the tunnel. The same Vieira that wanted to like dismember Ruud van Nistelrooy. Yeah, he may have matured and got on with age, but those things don't ever really leave you, right? I'm not trying to excuse him for any of those things, but this is what this is Patrick Vieira. I think it's really, really bad that people have would be able to do that, put a phone in his face and just like be so vile and, and say some horrendous things. He shouldn't have reacted. The Billy Sharp one's crazy. Billy Sharp is literally just standing there. Someone's run into him and just, just taking him out. Like, it's, 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 it's borderline assault. And if the person is fully charged with assault, I would be very happy because he just, it was absolutely disgusting what happened to him. Like, so unnecessary. So like, just just yeah it was it was an actual act of assault and i, and I hope it gets prosecuted and, and and gets handled that way uh well the article continues to say that rob griffin assistant chief constable of nottinghamshire police said i am pleased we have now charged the suspect in connection with this assault this is a result of hard work done throughout the night and today involving numerous police departments goes on for a whole lot more waffleware but essentially this guy has officially been charged with assault, as Ash said it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, let's hope that serves as a deterrent to any more fans who want to be stupid, run on a pitch and hit a professional footballer. Like, they're not there for that. And nobody wants to see that. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to face the repercussions to your actions. 
So, from Billy Sharp, we're going to move on to Jake Daniels. Um, so, this is a Blackpool forward who has been the UK's first active male professional footballer to come out as publicly gay. Now, I, I don't know how accurate that is because wasn't Justin Fashnew active when he came out as as publicly gay? Um, but that was such a long time ago when when John Justin. Uh, I don't know. I think I think I think he came out after after Pink. his career was it? Yeah, I think it wasn't. Um, okay. it wasn't it wasn't during. Either way, uh, this is a young fella, so he's got his whole career ahead of him, and. I think it's about time that people started being able to just be whoever they are, you know, and it shouldn't really be a big deal, should it? Um, and uh, I wish it well, young Jake Daniels. Yeah, so nothing story from you, and just do you, like, like do your thing. I think some of the wider stories that kind of come with it are, are, are going to be attached that we're going to speak about now because um, I think the knock-on effect is people's well, stance and standpoints on it in yeah. terms of, 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 of kind of what they should wear what clubs are getting them to kind of do and stuff like that and i think this is where you kind of get into the gray area of stuff because sometimes clubs are very much like we want to keep that like, matters away from the football pitch then sometimes they do what matters in like political matters or sides of matters involved in football look at the stuff with like ukraine look at that kind of stuff then there's like the black lives matter kneeling but then there's been other things, like for instance, the treatment of like Muslims in like China, and certain players have like spoken up about that and being reprimanded. It's it's a really it's a really like wild it's a bit wild wild west in terms of like what people will support, what people won't support when it comes to football and societal issues. I mean, yeah, I think what you're essentially saying here mm. with this particular case is. When someone like Daniels comes out, now there is the potential for uh, homophobia and for maybe him to be potentially abused in the future. Um, and we've got this story from the BBC here about Ejisa Gray, the PSG player, refusing to wear a PSG shirt that features a rainbow symbol. So we all know what that symbol means. It means, you know, we're in solidarity of uh, LGBTQ plus rights. Um, and here's a player saying, you know, I'm not wearing that shirt. I'm not in support of that kind of thing. Um, and in this article, there's a little piece where it says homosexuality is illegal in Senegal, which is the country that Ajisa Gray yeah. comes from. And it's punishable by a prison sentence of up to five years. Um, and it's also illegal in Qatar where the owners of the PSG football club come from and where the World Cup is going to be <laughs> next year. So this is such a, it's such an, I don't want to say the word interesting, but it, it kind of is. It's like, how is football going to negotiate this? This is a bit of a situation. So you've got someone who feels like homosexuality is illegal in my country. Mm. You know, I'm not supporting it. Um, and he's not in his country, though. He's playing in Europe, where, you know, the, the football club says and everybody believes that you should be supporting it. Yeah, but then that's that. But then how like how quick can we turn off culture or our beliefs? Right. Because like you said, he is playing. He is playing in, in, in Europe. That's fine. But he grew up there. That's 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 like a belief. Even if you go to like some um, biblical things like biblical um 
um, passages or even like some other religions. This is what they deem to be. I'm not. I'm not saying I, I'm. I'm advocating what he says. I'm very much people do whatever they want to do, but we're saying he's playing for a European club. So just because he plays for a European club, what he's meant to completely like get rid of everything that's kind of culturally like what he deems to be appropriate. So uh, what would happen if, for instance, he came in, say that they had a celebration and he came in like traditional clothing because he, because he plays for a, because he plays for a European club, what he should never be able to wear traditional clothing. It's down to clothing, it's down to culture, it's down to kind of that mentality as well. I think the issue is, is when you step down from doing something, it's seen as an attack as opposed to, like he's not come out and said, this person's wrong, I hate them, this. He said, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable doing this stuff. And I think while I, while, like, while I, underst- like, while I understand that it is a contentious issue, I think people should at least be supported in explaining their discomfort certain things doesn't necessarily mean that like they have, people have to agree with that but everyone should have the space in a respectful manner to explain if they're uncomfortable with doing something and then it gets explored fairly and then it gets worked out that way that's my thing on this i don't think i don't think what he did was wrong as such but i think the way that he's been vilified is is a little bit unfair and i feel like a conversation working through it and trying to find a compromise could have been made because I'll give an example, yeah? Mm. Like, if you notice, and he still hasn't done it, Wilfred Zaha has stopped um, kneeling when it comes to the Black Lives Matter protest at the start of a game. Now, that's a choice that he's made as a black man. He decided, I don't want to kneel. If there was a white player who decided that they didn't want to kneel because they didn't think it was going far enough, and they explained that, I would respect that because it's a choice. And you've come out and you've explained it and you have the right to your opinion. If you then was to come out and say all those people that are kneeling are this and that, that's very different from your personal choice not to do something. And I think that's the wider point. People should be allowed to make their personal choices and allow it to be explained fairly. And I don't necessarily know if that's been done because I kind of feel like someone like he's kind of slightly being vilified by this before he's actually really been heard. I mean, in terms of the Zaha situation, and if a white person came mm. out, and uh, and did the same thing. I think that would be viewed a lot differently, mm-hmm. and people would think, you know, they would suspect there's some racism going on there mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I imagine there's a lot of white people who feel the same way as as Wilf mm-hmm. does, and they would rather stand and not kneel. But um, how's it going to look is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Sometimes I I personally I for one I like freedom of speech. I'm all for different and opposing points of view. As long as we can have a forum where we can discuss and we can, you know, really be able to articulate and express our points of view and get everyone to understand where we're coming from. With understanding, we can have peace and everyone can get along. But until there's an understanding, then things are just going to look funny and things are going to look controversial. And I think that's kind of where we are right now with Jusa Gray and, um, and what's going on over there. Um, and the other thing that's looking a bit funny is Kylian Mbappe, Jusser Gray's teammate. Uh, we all knew that his contract was running out. We all knew that it, he wanted to sign for Real Madrid in January. And Real Madrid made a serious offer, but the club rejected it. And everyone thought, you guys are crazy. His contract's running out. You should have just accepted the deal and took some money. Now he's going to go for free. Real Madrid 
were willing to pay 230 million euros to sign Mbappe, according to this article in Sky Sports. So imagine they've rejected that offer and at the end of the season, they've managed to tie him down to a new deal. This is absolutely bonkers. They turned down 230 million euros. Everyone thought, you guys are fools because he's going to leave free. But that being a serious risk, you know, it's it's PSG, isn't it? They've got money to burn. So the, the extra 200 million probably wasn't, didn't mean as much to them as it meant having Kylian Mbappe there, being a, a Parisian-born Frenchman as well, uh, playing for the biggest club in France. I think that's something that they really wanted. They really wanted the big French striker playing for their club. They don't want to lose him. And they gambled, but it paid off. It paid off and it paid off for him because all of a sudden he's staying after seeming like, you know, he had his, his heart belonged to Real Madrid and he always wanted to play for them. All of a sudden he signed on and he's getting a bumper deal. Uh, apparently it says here he's going to be the highest paid player in world football. What a deal that right. is. What are your thoughts on this, Ash? Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, Mbappe is seen as you know the future, the clutch, the guy that everyone is um like the the leader of the new generation, like him and Haaland. I think more so him because obviously he plays for France. He's won a World Cup. Like PSG have moved heaven and earth to kind of save him, and they need him. Um, if they want to achieve their goals of winning the Champions League for the first time and stuff like that, like he's likely to be the person who's going to help to fire them to that. Um, the deal's absolutely madness. Like, I can't believe they're going to put all of that stuff in for him. But the wages yeah. around one million pounds a week. Yes. Well, there's always going to be fifty-two million pounds a year to play football. Yeah, these things are always going to happen, man. Like, it's it's always. It's always crazy when you actually get to the stage where like this stuff really starts to to kind of come in and kick in and and, and happen and that. So, from his perspective, that he played this yeah. perfectly because he's like literally just working a job and then just got a pay rise. That's essentially what yeah. was happening. Like must in our nice. terms, like he's must, just working must, his normal job and then he must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and what a pay rise because the signing on fee is the killer for me. It's it's one thing to get a million pounds a week and have 50 million quid by the end of the year obviously you're going to lose a lot of that in tax but the signing on fee is around 100 million pounds for the signing on fee like here you go put this in your back pocket go buy yourself a new mansion that's insane 100 mil wow only only at PSG but yeah. I, I couldn't be happier for him. He's one of the best talents in the world. Um, so it makes sense that he becomes one of the most best played players in the best paid players in the world. I don't know the deals of the Harlan deal, but I would have thought he'll be on his way to becoming one of the top earners. And as we know, we come to the end of the season, Messi and Mbappe, who are seen as being the number one and number two players in the world, they haven't had the greatest season. Their era is looking like it's over. So, you know, yeah. you could argue now that Kylian Mbappe is is one of the best players, arguably the best player. You know, you might want to put the likes of Salah and Mane in there. 
uh, Benzema in there, but Killian being so young, it's his time now to to pick up that torch and be the big player, the guy that's the cover star in all the video games and stuff. Mm. And uh, it seems like Ash has finally lost all of his energies, winded down. No, I'm still oh. here, man. I'm still here. I'm just, you know, it is. I'm just waiting for the waiting for fantasy to up to update fully. Um, the, they've just put the bonus points on. Um, and I've got a couple of people on the bench, so I think my I've just clocked my final my final total. It's a shame because if Gordon didn't come on, hold on, how long did he come on for twenty three minutes? That's annoying. If he didn't come on, I would have finished the, the season with ninety points. But actually what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna finish the season with eighty seven points, which I'll take that man. Eighty seven. Yeah, eighty seven points on the last quite a, quite a bit less than that actually. Yeah, no, eight yeah, eighty seven. Eight, seven, which is decent, man. Like I said, like I said, Matip assist, Saka assist, De Bruyne assist, Madison golden assist, Son two goals, Kane golden assist, and Enketio, um, goal, and Klein got um a clean sheet for me. So yeah, great way to great way to end the season. Go on. Um. Well. That's the end of our podcast. What a season it's been. Um, we'll catch you next week instead of two weeks as we cover the Europa, the Europa, the UEFA Champions League final. Um, you looking forward to that one, Ash? Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a great, great spectacle. I'm fully expecting Liverpool to win that. Um, I think both teams will score, but I think Liverpool win that win that final. And um, yeah, I think. The disappointment of this week will turn to elation next week for the Scousers. Trouble time. Oh. Wow. I wonder who's going to start because honestly, I think the way that Salah's been playing recently, he hasn't been in the greatest form and the likes of Jota and Diaz will cause Madrid all kinds of problems. However, Salah being the big game player that he is, you know, he, he did, he was playing terribly until the Manchester United game and then he managed to pop up with a couple of goals there so you might just want to start him against Real Madrid and oh, I think Salah starts for sure yeah and then if you need a bit, think, of, bit of a pace yeah. and something to come off the bench then think, the likes of Diaz and Trotter can help, help I think you. Diaz starts I think Diaz, Mane and Salah are the front three definitely do you think Diaz is better than Jota? I think Diaz has had a, a good impact on the squad I think Someone made a really good point the other day saying that they think that Mane as a winger might be like coming to an end. So mm. as a result, it's essentially Jota or Mane for the central slot at the moment. I think like Diaz is a lot better on the left than Mane has been. So I feel like if Diaz isn't there, he can do a job out there. But actually, I think the way that Mane has been playing recently, he is now turned himself into a bit of a centre forward. It's pretty good um, up there, isn't it? Yeah. That is a striker. I can't lie. Shout out to Liverpool. They have definitely entertained us this season. And I hope we have entertained you too. It has been the Play On Podcast. Um, make sure you uh, catch us on social media. You guys never catch us on social media, so whatever. Go ahead and enjoy yourselves. We'll be back in a week from now. Um, I don't know if Ash has got anything else to say. Yeah, just looking forward to our season review next next week. Um, it's been a it's been a it's been a long season. Um, thank you to all of you guys for rocking with us this year so far. Obviously, there'll be another review next week. Um, 
And yeah, just big up to Ashman FC, my fantasy team. Nice way to sign off. I've got a huge smile on my face. Yeah, I can't see you, but I can see the smile. You know, I mean? you, know you can hear someone smile. You can feel it. <laughs> you can feel them smiling. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gassed. I'm fully gassed. All right, man. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.